In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another episode of A Visit from the FBI, your weekly dose of wrestling fantasy booking. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Babe. What's going on, man? How are you? What's happening, man? I'm doing okay. Better than your mouth is doing. Well, we had to delay a little bit because, yeah, I had to have emergency dental surgery or oral Not surgery. Not fun. They say, yeah. Well, I was in, I'd be in a lot worse pain right now had I not. Mm-hmm. But. But I will tell you that recovery itself takes it out of you. Yeah. No, I've, I've been through it. Last two days than I care to admit. Well, uh, on that note, we will uh, get into this. If you're new to this particular show, the premise is simple. We take turns challenging each other to book some unknown and often unlikely scenario in the world of pro wrestling. We do not discuss them in advance, so it's entirely off the cuff. And this week, we're going to take some time to honor someone near and dear to our hearts, and not just because he's going to shout us out on his show, uh, but because he was a major player in the heyday of pro wrestling, and still is to this day, the one and only K-Dog himself, Conan. Viva la raza! Odale! Am, am I actually allowed to say that? I'm about as white as they come. Oh, but you're bowdy bowdy and rowdy rowdy. I mean, that might be cultural appropriation. Anyways. Um, the culture uh, before that we... matters on this podcast is wrestling, fan. We yeah, don't exactly. care about the rest of it. We just um, want to hear how much you love wrestling. Exactly. Before we get into it, I do like to recommend everyone uh, that if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, make sure you click that little button to make sure you get notified of each new uh, episode as it comes out. Uh, like it, uh, share it, and, and subscribe so we can continue to grow and provide you with more great content. Um, so we will get started with this, and I'll just go ahead and go first because... Because mine's a little crazy, and it might uh, it might be worth getting it out of the way. Um, okay. <laughs> so are you ready? Yeah. I am granting you a time machine uh, so you can create your dream all-Conan-related match. That means you can choose any two K-Dog-related characters or managed wrestlers from any era in Conan's uh, his- history and have them do battle and i need you to book that battle so i can do i can do lwo i can do yep nwo i can do nwo wolfpack i can um, do the the only limitation with the nwo that i think is because i said conan or conan managed wrestlers and he never really managed during nwo um but like lwo he was a leader in that group so you know what i mean so I couldn't be like, well, Kevin Nash versus Hulk Hogan for the exactly. world title while Goldberg's in jail. And yeah. that really doesn't have anything to do with Conan, except for the fact that he was a member of the Wolfpack at the time. Exactly. Uh, but LWO right. is, is um, you know, open because that was his offshoot that he created Absolutely. and managed. So. Um, you also have um, the No Limit Soldiers which uh, 
technically were uh, managed by Master P, um, but Master P's not really a wrestler and that wasn't really a character. He was just kind of there to promote his stuff. So, uh, so I would say that No Limit Soldiers works as well as the offshoot The Filthy Animals works. Um, and then, of course, you have his time in uh, TNA. Uh, hold up, hold up. On the LWO, this is according to Wikipedia now. Mm-hmm. I know that that's not always um, the thing. Yep. But... Conan's not actually showing as a member of the LWO. Hmm. We've got Eddie Guerrero, Ray Jr., Juventud, Psychosis, Laparca, El Dandy, Silver King, Villano V, Hector Garza, Ciclope, Ciclope, sorry, and Damien. Hmm. Um, you know, to be perfectly honest, I mean, that was 20 years ago, so maybe my memory is not great whether he was I, actually... Yeah, I thought he was too. Just so. Um, but... You still have the No Limit Soldiers. Yes. You have um, his time in TNA when he uh, did the Authentic Luchadors with uh, Juventud Guerrera, Super Crazy, and the SAT. Um, and then later he had uh, uh, Three Live Crew. Was he part that, of Three Live Crew? Well, maybe that was just when he, maybe he was just feuding with them. I'm trying to think here. Um, and then, of course, the most recent one, LAX, Latin American Exchange, which yes. started in 2005 and then disappeared for a while and then came back uh, in 2017. But so that, that opens 2017. So that opens up a lot because uh, during uh, uh, the early one, um, he had uh, homicide in it. Um, he had uh, oh, d- yeah. d- d- uh, Apollo, uh, who was then replaced by Machete, uh, Hernandez. I'm trying to remember who all else was in in LAX at the time. Huh? Let's click on the article. Anyways, so you've got that, and then of course you have the later version of LAX that include included Santana and Ortiz, who are now in AEW. Um, and then, if you really want to get technical, he was head booker and manager for uh, AAA down in Mexico for a large portion of the last 15 years. Um, so, technically, you could kind of argue that everyone in AAA was managed by him, in a way. Yeah. So, so this is what I'm going to do. Um, my actual favorite version of Conan was, was the... Um, initial incarnation in WCW. I absolutely loved Conan the kind of kind of a play on Conan the Barbarian. Um, he was he did some submission work. He did some really, really cool um, high impact stuff. Was a luchador without the lucha. So <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of flying around and whatnot. Um, wasn't wasn't a high wasn't really a high flyer. It was really very do- Dean Malenko esque. Um, and and that that is definitely um, that's definitely the case in you know some of his his ability in the ring he was he was technical high impact um, you know if, if I was gonna give him a style I'd actually give him Dean Malenko uh, Brett the Hitman Hart um, modern day you know you'd probably have somebody a little bit more like Randy Orton uh, everything was just very very high impact um, methodical well thought out and, and what he did um he was a little faster paced than those guys because he still 
you know, obviously came up through the ranks in, in the uh, luchador environment. But he was a bigger, he was a bigger luchador, so he didn't do as much high flying stuff. Um, and so that was actually my favorite incarnation, um, and it was probably his his greatest level of prime. I did like to see now character work. I thought his his filthy animal stuff, along with uh, his uh, NWO Wolfpack stuff, was better character work. Um, but in in we're talking in match stuff here, so I'm gonna go with that version of Conan. Um, you know, just kind of meticulously picking people apart, um, and I'm gonna have that version of Conan um, take on. Oh, I just had it. Um, this is stuff that's getting cleaned out, huh? <laughs> I do too. Know who I want him to go up against? Both of both of them have to be Conan categories Conan related yes Conan related okay um I think I'm gonna have him go up against Carlito I think okay. that would be really I think that would be really really because obviously their careers didn't cross paths in their prime mm-hmm. I think we can all agree with that um Carlito uh Carlito did some really 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 good non-in-ring work with the apple and spinning it and everything, they're both Cuban, which is really really cool. Um, of of the Cuban descent, sorry. Um, and I believe Conan was actually did some training with uh, Carlito uh, with uh, Hector. Is it Hector Colon? Anyway, um, yeah, I'm trying to remember Carlito, Carlito and Epico's grandpa um, slash yeah parent brothers yeah all that stuff so um anyway I, I believe conan did some training with him um so yeah i think i would i would have that i would have uh that match happen um uh, anybody who's watched wrestling ever and gotten into some of the character work that carlito did um is gonna enjoy this and that is the result is uh, conan wins <laughs> um, and you know, I the interesting thing I think that we see a lot from Conan is we see uh, guys like Kevin Owens today do some variations on some Conan moves, um, the Cannonball, um, very very similar to some of the stuff that Conan did back in the day, and so um, that was that was always fun to watch. Uh, it's fun to watch Kevin Owens do, and it, part of the reason that it was fun to watch was because it was so innovative. It wasn't it wasn't Chris Canyon innovative or or anything. It was it was innovative. I'm still I'm a I'm a 200 and what would you guess 240 pound luchador? Yeah, somewhere around there. Right around there. Uh, might have been billed a little lighter than that. Might have been billed a little heavier than that. But right around that 240 pounds. Um, and so he would do some of that faster paced stuff, like I said. Very, very similar to what Kevin Owens does today uh, in terms of being faster paced. Uh, Owens is obviously more of a high flyer than Conan was. I don't remember Conan ever going to the top rope. Um, but, uh, you know, and so we would see that 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 play out probably in that match um, Carlito was trying to cheat to win um, you know obviously they those two were never really in the same factions but Carlito had um, training by some of the same people that's really where I'm associating those two just so you know um, I, I, I think you would see the attempt to cheat by Carlito um, I think you would see uh, Conan with the, the ethical win um, <laughs> But uh, perhaps a distraction 
And I really like that idea too, having a distraction from, um, I think he had a pretty smoking hot valet, if I remember right early on. I'm pretty sure he did. So I'm going to give her the, the distraction so he can beat Carlito. Good for the enough. United States Championship, which they're both known for. Yep, yep. Which is awesome. You, so. you could have also made it for um, uh, the uh, reintroduced Mexican Heavyweight Championship, which actually never a- existed in reality. You remember that whole thing? Huh. It was when Conan first got uh, debuted for WCW. He was still wrestling for um, the Triple Mexican, uh, yeah, AAA, and he was uh, he was the AAA heavyweight champion. Uh, but he um, then left AAA and made his own uh, promotion called Promo Azteca. And uh, he was their heavyweight champion, right? Okay. Um, so he had the heavyweight championship for his own wrestling promotion. And then he uh, was debuting with WCW. Okay. And so they had him bring his championship belt uh, to defend it on the show, but they never mentioned the name of his company they just called it the mexican heavyweight champion oh really yep as if like it was all of mexico had united to declare him the champion um i thought it was kind of funny but it wasn't the wcw mexican heavyweight champion it was conan's mexican heavyweight which meant that at the time he couldn't really defend it there or he couldn't lose it there because it wasn't his at all to begin with but he defended it against Psychosis. Um, it's, but he never lost it. The first one. And then um, he, I think it made just a couple of appearances. Um, and then he just they just pissed it off and, and stopped caring about it, I think. Yeah. The other thing that... The, the other two very, very tempting characters, obviously. Uh, one was a tag team partner. And that was uh, Ron Killings, obviously, R-Truth. Mm-hmm. Um that would have been really, really entertaining to see um, those two have a knockdown drag out with their, um, you know, that with those identical characters, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I also um, really would have liked to seen him in his prime against Alberto El Patron, um, who also is a non high flying luchador. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would it just would have added those two also have incredibly similar styles um or if you're only wwe fan uh, alberto del rito um sorry sometimes my mouth <laughs> makes it so i have to talk like i'm special needs right now i apologize alberto del rio holy cow um so seeing those two um match up with one with each other would have been a lot of fun but i think i'm gonna stick with the carlito just for um you know, face Conan versus heel Carlito would have been a lot of fun to watch. So, um, while you were uh, booking your thing, I looked up Carlito on Wikipedia and I noticed something that uh, I had not heard, and now I'm confused. Okay, go uh, I'm confused as to how I did not catch this when it happened. Apparently. Uh, but apparently, uh, on January 27th of this year, so we're recording this on the 29th, so two days ago, 
it has was revealed that Carlito had signed a contract with WWE and would be making his return to the company soon. Really? Um, and that's why I'm like, how did if this is real? How did I miss this? Uh, you know what I mean? Um, what happened? How did I not notice that Carlito had gotten rehired? How do I not care? <laughs> like, well, I don't really Carlito care. But now it... would not be really all that enjoyable. Carlito back when was kind well, of but how's it going to be different? Well, I mean, um, here's, here's the thing: is I'm going to point out it doesn't say he's making his return to the company as a wrestler, and so I'm wondering if this he hasn't been. Brought back for backstage somehow, but it doesn't well, specifically say, and that's where I'm. And he could be part of Lucha House. I mean, he definitely would would help put Lucha House Party back on the map. You know, uh, where it's not just boring. Um, he, as a manager, he would be a gift to them. Um, isn't that what Epico and Primo were part of? No, they're just Epico and Primo. Maybe they're just Epico. They're just just jobbers. Just the clones, which would also be really. I mean, can you imagine him coming in and and guiding those two? Um, Carlito was was more grounded. He did do a lot more high flying than say Conan or uh, Alberto Patron, but he's definitely more grounded than Epico and Primo. It'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't I like it. Cho- I I just choose Carlito because they're both from Latin America or they're both from Cuba, so. Or Cuban of Cuban descent, and actually, he works right alongside Alberto. Uh, says Alberto Del Rio, but yeah, I can't even find a news article on it, so I'm I'm still skeptical of that Wikipedia entry. Uh, does it have a citation? I don't believe it has a citation. No citations. Nope. No, nope. That so, gets a D in uh, that particular thing. Um. Anyways, maybe that maybe that's not true. Maybe it's not. <laughs> Who knows? No citation. Can't verify it. But. So, who would you choose? Oh, man. Well, I mean, it's tough because, like, the the early Conan from WCW is uh, definitely good. I, I don't blame you for, for choosing him. Um, I kind of grew up on the, the uh, gangster cholo um, Conan in the NWO. Um, and so that's who I would probably choose as the Conan. As the the person he's wrestling, I kind of, I debate a bit. Because part of me, uh, apparently before he came to WCW, he had a very brief stint uh, in uh, WWE. Like, he never actually appeared, but he was contacted and hired by WWE, at the time WWF, I should say. Um, And they were going to have him be the character Max Moon. so you and, have that version of him go up and, against Max Moon. And they they uh they even like did the whole costume and everything for him and then uh went a different way with Max Moon. Um and uh, I can't remember who they ended up putting in the Max Moon. And it just flopped miserably. Um but yeah, it was originally supposed to be Conan. Uh yeah, they even um, apparently must have had him do it at one point, but then they had put Paul Diamond in it. Anyways, um, but then, you know, I just think that's just kind of gimmicky. And I just go through and I look at all the people who've been in LAX. You got Homicide, Hernandez, uh, Apollo, Machete, uh, Santana Ortiz, Low Key, Daga, King, 
you know god there's so many like good wrestlers that that i could have chosen there um and then you know you've got his time uh with the authentic luchadors juventud guerrera and super crazy those are just those are all great names the only reason i i I don't go like conan versus Hoovy were always great matches but we saw that match a lot right so so i don't need a time machine to see that particular match right oh i mean well i mean there's uh there's the uh the feud with with vampiro i mean there's lots of them you can actually just pull up still so your time machine has to have some value to it right conan and eddie happened a lot um Conan and Ray happened a lot. Uh, usually they teamed together. Um, Conan and Dean Malenko happened already. <laughs> so, okay, I've got it. I know. I know who my. It's kind of a deep cut. Kind of a deep okay. cut. But um, so uh, in uh, 2013, uh, Conan left AAA. Okay. And uh, he ended up uh, signing a deal with uh, Lucha Underground to appear in Lucha Underground in the first season. Okay. And uh, he did not, I think, wrestle for Lucha Underground. He was a manager. Um, and this is why I say it's a deep cut. Uh, the uh, person he managed in Lucha Underground was uh, a wrestler named Prince Puma, who we all know now as Ricochet. Oh, that's filthy right there that you kind of got to that. Yeah, so it's a little deep cut, but so at that point I'm thinking uh, NWO era Conan in a match with current Ricochet. That would be kind of fun. Yeah, so you're going to have the high all the high flying still. Um, But then you get a rolling thunder. I miss that move. Oh, see? Now you see what I'm saying. There's so much fun that... As I was thinking about this show, because I knew we were doing Conan, my thoughts were, God, how similar was he to Kevin Owens, you know, Mm -hmm. today? Like, there's your argument for white privilege. Nobody ever pushed Conan, and they pushed Kevin Owens left and right. They're the same person in the ring. Go on, sorry. But so, so I think that's... I think that is the way I would book that. Conan versus Ricochet. Oh, who wins? Well, I mean, of course Conan wins. Well, that's who we're giving homage to tonight. Yeah, so of course. Conan. didn't. Yeah. But even more than that, like, like, I mean, just Conan brought so much to the game. And uh, for those of you who are, who are young listening to the show and didn't grow up in the heyday of Conan... Um, or, or whatever. He actually brought more to the show than even just his wrestling. Um, because he's re- was responsible for um, kind of working as a liaison between WCW and these luchadors down in Mexico. Um, many of whom didn't speak very good English. Many of whom, uh, you know, were really new in, in into wrestling and so couldn't negotiate contracts themselves and so on and so forth. And so, as a WCW employee, you know, he was the one who convinced them to bring in people like Juventud Guerrera, uh, the original La Parca, Rey Mysterio Jr., Psychosis, you know, um, all of these people who went on to be big names 
in uh, the international. Well, remember, he was also part of the recruiting of Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I mean, Jericho, this is, the, this, this is how integral. I mean, he his in his in ring work as exceptional as it was, and and his I, again when he did some character work with with uh, Three Live Crew and um, oh just uh, Cholo NWO style. Um, God, I just feel terrible saying that, but that's exactly what he was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, when he when he did those those roles, as good as those were, that's really just the tip of the iceberg with what he did for pro wrestling. Um, he really probably is the biggest behind the scenes person to put Lucha Libre on the map for um, the United States, which allowed, with the exception of Eric, obviously, who was going to do it anyways. Um, but but he put a different different spin on it like you said he he had to do with Laparca going there he had to do with uh, um, uh, who was the other one that you mentioned uh, Juventud Rey Mysterio Juventud. well I don't I think Ray was gonna land there anyways because Ray was born in San Diego but well yeah Ray Ray didn't need uh, all of that but Ray was actually a star in uh, promo Azteca um, okay which is where he got the the introduce introduction to uh, the American bookers, right? Okay. So, um, but I'm just looking at the the roster for promo Azteca and just scrolling through and seeing all of these names that eventually uh, went on to be big names. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, and and added some legitimacy to the new world order, where it wasn't just you know all these old guys. And, and he would have been if you had to rank the the characters of NWO Wolfpack in terms of their of a hierarchy of some type. He's probably the third highest ranking member of that that faction uh, behind Sting and Sting and Nash only. So. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's the deal. Is he has he has had more impact in wrestling than just what we saw on screen from him. Oh, you know, absolutely. He brought all these people into the American eyes that at the time were not on our TV. Uh, period. Um, and then adding into the fact that he also was one of the people who uh, you know introduced a lot of ECW talent to WCW, which then raised both ECW's uh, stakes, just in general, exposure, but also led to, I mean, we've talked before, Dean Malenko was one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, and he still, to this day, is leaving his mark on the wrestling world in uh, AEW. Um, and him coming to WCW is related to this guy, Conan, saying, hey, come work with me in WCW. You know? Uh, it's yeah. just kind of crazy, all of the people that, that Conan can help. I mean, on top of it, he's kind of turned into probably one of the biggest uh, voices uh, combating racism in wrestling in the world today. Um, he's he's kind of known to to stand up for for the minorities um you know when they go to work for the big names stuff like that so huh. anyways we could keep talking about mine or we could move on to what your challenge is for me 
my challenge is for you. Um, because, okay, so FBI episode two, or challenge two, um, because probably his biggest on-screen role was a support role, even though it shouldn't have been in terms of, of overall uh, market exposure, um, I am going to have you book him in a faction, and I'm going to have you book him as the person who book him as the an NWO faction um, leader. So he can either be he can be NWO <clears throat> White, he can be NWO Wolfpack. Uh, I'm sorry, he could be NWO Hollywood. He could be NWO Wolfpack. He could be. LWO if you want him to be um, because that's technically an NWO he could be BWO if you want him to be the Blue Meanies faction (laughs) Um, he's known for being I want to say the 10th or 11th member of the NWO and like as I said um, Kevin Nash really Kevin Nash's right hand man sergeant at arms type role in uh, uh, Wolfpack but go ahead oh man it's tough Yeah, limiting me to the have him be the leader of something NWO related is, is kind of tough because like I as much as I love the guy I you can't have him be the leader of, of the black and white NWO. No I mean that's uh, obviously Hollywood. Uh, yeah un- unless you do in the post Hollywood days after it had expanded to have like 30 some members and then fractured off and then the black and white was basically just the 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 mid carters who didn't have anything better to do and you know uh <laughs> um but then that that doesn't give him any justice there no. and i hesitate to put him you know as as much as he's uh associated already with um latin america uh it's it's one of those things where you know so much of his gimmick over the years has always been based on He's from Latin America, so we're, we're going to put him with Latin American Exchange, or we're going to put him with, you know, uh, the the authentic luchadors, or, you know, all this stuff. I just kind of want to avoid putting him with, with LWO. Yeah, so, uh, that's kind of where my thoughts were. I didn't, not to mention, I don't want to take it away from Eddie. And so, um, you know, you could have him have him be, be the main guy for the Wolf Pack, um, God, you know, I almost feel like he'd just be better off forming his own NWO stable, his own offshoot. The NWO the, Orange, uh, NWO Dog Pound. The Dog could, Pound. Okay. Let's see what what would be a good color for him. Because uh, <laughs> like you, I mean, you said the black and white already taken. The green for for uh, LWO. Uh, the green and red, I should say. Of course, yeah. Wolfpack being black and red. Um and and BWO Blue Meanie World Order, you know, can't can't to do blue. Um, you know what? I'm gonna pay homage to Max. It's still gonna be it's gonna be yellow based on the yellow on the Max Moon out. Um, but yeah, that it's gonna be so bad. I'm so glad he left WWE or WWF before they did that to him. Ah, uh, yeah. Apparently, it looks like they had him do at least one match, but. Uh, it's anyway, bad. it's bad. So the NWO dog pound. We're gonna have um, we're gonna have Conan as the leader. Okay. He's gonna recruit Rick Steiner. And okay. Where are you going with this? Who else? I don't know. 
can put in it. There needs to be at least one more person. Um, hey, Chico. I don't have a group no more. <laughs> no, I think... Oh, I know. I know. Because he was always scratching himself all the time, Billy Kidman. <laughs> okay. So, so you got the NWO Dog Pound. Conan, Billy Kidman, and Rick Steiner. Right. And then... They would primarily feud with, um, you know, I, I'd say it would be fun to have them feud with NWO-related groups like like LWO uh, for at least a bit. But but I really think that the Kidman edition uh, means feuding with Raven's Flock makes Absolutely. even... Yeah, I think that's what it do. That was ugly. See, I wasn't gonna actually have him. I was actually gonna have him take over for Nash after Nash defected, but nobody else. And Wolfpack wanted to defect. Just Nash went back to Hogan, mm-hmm. and so then Wolfpack becomes kind of a younger group. It still has, and, and truly a good guys group because Nash wasn't really. I mean, yeah, he played a good guy role for a short while, but. Um, Sting and all of them come basically together and Conan gets to lead that group even though he's probably not the premier title holder obviously Sting would be that guy um, but yeah I, get, I, I like where he went create a whole new faction yeah so it's a tough one though because you're right Conan was never really given the uh, spotlight in any of the factions that he really should have I mean no. he was super over you know? oh absolutely I mean when he would come out to the ring and say, Oh, Nelly! the crowd would go nuts in ways yes. that you almost don't see anyone react today. Yeah. The only, the only Latino who got that close was Eddie. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I can't think of a Latino character right now that gets over that well. Cause there's so much, I don't know. It, it, like, I think that he put a lot of his own personality into that, you know? And Eddie put a lot of his own personality in. No, I don't think Eddie was literally lying, cheating, and stealing to get everything he got. But I think that, um, you know, there was was something to be said with really embracing your character. And um, I think a lot of Latin characters today are are pigeonholed into being luchadors. Um, Well... I think I think that really kind of speaks to um, representation in the writers, or more specifically, how in uh, early WCW up until mid to late WCW, there really wasn't a writers' room. You know, there were there were bookers who booked feuds, but they didn't write specifically what the people would say. They were given, you know, hey, you're going to go out and cut a promo about your feud with so-and-so. Make sure to mention that there's a match coming up at Bash at the Beach, right? And then they were allowed to go out there and, like you say, put their own personality into it, their own being. Yeah. And, um, and and now uh, in WWE, uh, no one's allowed to put their own personality in. I mean, it was, it was the big thing that uh, John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose, said in his interview is that the, the people didn't know who he was when they were writing for him. And so they would write the stuff and he'd be like, I don't, that's not how I speak. That's not the way I, and they just know, go ahead and say it. Um, and, 
And so add to that the fact that I I don't know who all is in the writer's room in WWE. I don't know their names. I don't know who, who they are. But I get the feeling that there's a lack of representation for a lot of minorities. Oh, um, I would not disagree with that at all. I mean, um, yeah, I, I think you're spot on there. Um, because, I mean, you can just see, like you say, it's it's hard to find a Latino uh, wrestler in WWE today whose gimmick isn't their luchador or a yeah. former luchador in or, the case of Andrade. Uh, uh, a bloodline luchador, mm -hmm. which was really what Alberto Del Rio was, or now currently Alberto El Patron. Um, you know, really the only two Latin American wrestlers I can think of today that have uh, major television exposure in the U.S. that don't have to be luchadors are Santana and Ortiz, mm -hmm. which is because of Conan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and exactly. So, Directly um, tied to Conan. Yeah, which is which is incredible to think about, um, because you know you don't. Eddie did a fry, did the the frog splash, so it's not like he wasn't a high flyer, um, and and he did a lot of very very gimmicky, um, you know, the the whole light cheat and steal thing was just so racist. <laughs> he did it so well, guy. He just Eddie was so good at what he did, um, but. You know, you don't you don't really get to see a character just be themselves these days. It seems like a lot. Um, oh, oh, oh! You're from you're from you know you're from San Diego. Well, then we're gonna call you um, the King of Luchadors. Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> like, obviously, he really he, he's probably as legitimately the King of Luchadors in, in the U.S. as there is with Ray, but. Um, you know, there's still a lot more to Ray's personality than that, obviously. Mm -hmm. Which we saw when he was unmasked in WCW. Yes. In the Lone, No Limit Soldiers, no less. Yes. Yep. By oh, Matt, wasn't it Nash that? that um, I don't. I honestly don't remember who. I think Nash, but I don't remember for certain. Um, God, he was such a baby face. Yeah. Oh, he looked like he was well, twelve. And that's why it just. You know, they're doing this whole thing right now with him in WWE where uh, uh, Andrade took his mask off him and and that's such a such a um, insult to him and everything. And I'm just like, are you are you just ignoring the fact that for like three years he wrestled without a mask in WCW? Because, um, I mean, you can't put that particular genie back in a bottle, you know? No. We know what his no. face looks like. Um, but well, but no. at least twenty years ago, we knew what his face looks like. I don't think it's changed that much. I don't know, Dominic. I mean, right now, Dominic, his son, looks older than he did when he yes. had his face taken off. Yes, but that's the. I don't. I don't think it's changed that much. But no, I, that's why I say I think. I think um, representation in in the writers' room is very important because even probably the currently the biggest. Um, non Rey Mysterio, uh, Latin American star, Hispanic star in WWE is Andrade, right? Sure. And what's his character? Well, he used to be a luchador, uh, and now he, uh, takes it out on other luchadors. That's kind of it. It's kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much more to him because he is such a phenomenal wrestler. They they really could do a lot more with him. Um, 
but they just I, apparently can't come up with anything more to do with him. Um, and that's where, you know, at least in WCW, WCW was not perfect. And, you know, I don't want anyone listening to this to think that you or I have this vision of WCW as this utopia uh, where they did everything right and just happened to lose. They were not perfect and they did a lot of things wrong over the years. But one of the things that they did do, I think, was allowing wrestlers to show their personality. Um, yeah. And Conan showing his personality uh, was a big part of it. Uh, but even moving off that, uh, 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 Hall and Nash showing their personality, um, you know, if if Hall and Nash had stayed in WWF, uh, it would have been Diesel, Diesel, and Razor, and, and, and a fake Cuban dude for yes. the rest of their lives. Exactly. And they were able to come over to WCW and be who they were. If WCW didn't allow people to do what they, to be themselves, we would have never gotten Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner, right? This is a bad thing. It is a very bad thing, because then we would have never got the math promo. And the math <laughs> promo is probably one of my favorite in a so bad it's good version promos of all time. It's it's at least up there with the, um, uh, because I'm twice the man that you are, and I've got half the brains that you got, uh, Sid Vicious <laughs> speech. That was so such a good one. He delivered that. That is the best promo he's ever given in his life, and it had to be a comic promo. I was like, ah, oh, Sid. But, but so, but it's all because they were allowed to be themselves. Now, like I say, don't get me wrong. WCW did do things later, did do things all over the time that were bad, including. Uh, later when they worked uh, Scott Hall's addiction into his storyline that was in very poor taste and needed to be not done and uh, it's part of the thing that makes me very worried with uh, some of the stuff that's going on in AEW regarding Hangman Page right now um, but they did do so well by allowing, especially allowing the minority the ability to express themselves in their own well yeah, I mean to both to both honor their culture and and yet be themselves and you know uh, Kevin Nash didn't walk around talking about how great Tennessee was, you know. <laughs> um, Hogan didn't walk around talking about how great California was. Sort of talked about being in the movies, but but you know I mean you don't you don't have to you don't have to just be. Uh, Number one, there's a whole lot more to Latin America than there is in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So let's establish that part for first. Um, and then second of all, um, you know, why pigeonhole people into that role? You know, Santana and Ortiz, I don't think I've ever once heard these guys are from Mexico where the rules are different. No. Lucha, uh, Lucha, Lucha, Lucha Bros, sorry, um, in AEW. Um, sure, they wear masks, but that's really all that's lucha about them mm-hmm. um, and and quite frankly having that be an emphasis resulted in the uh, the call by either Shivani or uh, JR well the rules are different in Mexico these boys are going to have to learn to play by American <laughs> rules which was probably one of the worst cultural calls I've ever heard you know yeah. um not the worst. I can tell you what the worst is, but we aren't going to go into Jim Ross errors. 
Yeah. We could we could do a lot of time talking about Jim Ross errors, <laughs> and we're not going to. Because we do. We we love Jim Ross. We just think Circa that 1997. Maybe Jim Ross has reached a time where his talents are better suited more in a mentoring and fostering the next generation uh, than necessarily on screen. Yeah. Um, Maybe because... in a world where you don't accidentally say the, that oriental girl. Yeah, exactly. Uh... Um, I mean, because the simple fact is he's got a wealth of stuff that he can teach Excalibur about, you know, calling plays and all of that stuff. Things that he can, can do backstage to help uh, people like Alex Marvez uh, get a little bit more comfortable in front of the camera doing their interviews. Um, uh, but even more than that, you know, he has spent a lot of time as uh, 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 personnel, you know, um, for WWE. Yeah. Right? Yep. And and that's something... Vice President that, of Talent Relations. Talent Relations. That's the words I was looking for. And that's something that he can, uh, can do and continue to help with. It, but... So, I mean, he could work hand-in-hand hand with Christopher Daniels. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Get better yep. at what he does. Exactly. And that's the deal. So, I mean, he, he's definitely got a lot more to give the wrestling world. I just don't necessarily know if it should be in front of the camera anymore. Um, yeah, I just... I feel like he's the type of guy who a Guatemalan comes on screen or a Cuban or a Puerto Rican, and he says, this Mexican is just the best Mexican ever. Mm-hmm. And you just sit there going, what, what, dude, come on. Yes. Come on, man. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, you even mentioning when the, the Oriental line made me think of another perfect example of representation, uh, the lack of representation in... Oh. Uh, yeah, is, I, Ni- is Nyla's pretty much the only one that isn't pigeonholed into being some type of Japanese character. Yep. Zyle uh, gets pigeonholed into it, and yeah. she's Chinese. She's Chinese, but her entire gimmick, and don't get me wrong, I like Zyle I think she's really good in the ring, and she definitely deserves to be in WWE, in NXT, uh, and deserves to, to get her shots in the Royal Rumble and everything. But her entire gimmick is she's the first Chinese female wrestler in WWE. Well, she's the first Chinese wrestler in WWE, mm-hmm. isn't she? But that's her. Yeah. I, I think so, maybe. Um, but that's in her entire her entire gimmick is she's Chinese, you know, and and I think she's got more to give. Now, it can be all tied to her heritage. I mean, you could you can make her um, the kung fu, you know character because she's obviously trained. She could be a woman who overcame an oppressive communist government Mm -hmm. and got freedom. You know, I mean, there's you know, you could even make a political statement with her. That'd be crazy. You know, a good, a really good, honest political statement that that isn't in Saudi Arabia at all. Yes. (laughs) Um... And, and that's, I mean, that's just a perfect example of, you know, they bring her in and her entire character is she's, she's Chinese. Well, um, and, and her moveset, I mean, her moveset is, oh, look, she's got really good kicks and, and strikes because she's Chinese. She's which, Chinese. Which we do with Asuka, who's Japanese. But Hey, don't forget, she's Chinese. Yeah, yeah. That's where the look martial those... arts come from, y'all. Yes, look at those Chinese kicks. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't 
they didn't make her name some sort of uh, anagram of the word Chinese. <laughs> Sinchi. <laughs> or or China Blossom. <laughs> China Blossom. China Blossom. China Blossom. Ugh. Okay, so that was a rant that I didn't think we were going to go into in this oh, particular. But. but- but it is it's a very relevant thing because it is probably the uh, and, and i'm not gonna say for sure because obviously we haven't you've talked to conan a little bit yourself mm-hmm. show off i have not um would love that opportunity if he listens to the show tonight which honors him um uh, but probably the biggest uh contribution that he that he's made he's still making and that is allowing people to be themselves as characters um and he was you know if you think about what the nwo really represented to wrestling he's the the exemplary piece of that because he got to be himself he didn't have to be um this luchador he didn't have to be um diesel you know he was he was the perfect member to add to that really yep yep so Anyways, Should we move on, or we will we move can talk on? About how how big of a cultural influence that neither of us really thought he was, knowing full well that he was. Yeah, if you want, well, we will just move on to uh, nullify, vilify, or deify. And this, once again, everyone is our shameless copy of Fire Push Barry. Rules are simple: you must nullify someone out of wrestling entirely vilify one person to the bottom of the card and deify one just like Triple H did to uh, Triple H. Um, DA Fabe, your choices are from the NXT women's division, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, and Io Shirai. Ooh, I love that Triple H did to, to Triple H at every WrestleMania since ever. I mean, even when he was going against The Undertaker, he was just deifying himself. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, and who? Io Shirai. Oh. So I will point out here, since we just got done talking about representation and, and minorities, you do have white girl, Asian girl, Asian girl. Um, so. Um, uh, well, and, and I'm going to take a tongue lashing to you because white girl is getting nullified. Um <laughs> So, uh, Mia Yim has been unbelievable lately, but I, I think I have to... The problem is that Eo's already a villain, you know? So, don't we just leave Eo as a U- villain? I mean, we don't want to... I don't want to push her down the card, but I guess I'd just leave Eo as a villain and Mia as a good guy and, and push... But I'd rather see Eo have the title, so I'm going to... I'm going to push Io and I'm going to vilify uh, Mia who will be more than capable of overcoming it. And so would, so would Candace. I mean, she could come back as a, as a manager. She just couldn't wrestle anymore. And she'd be great in that role too. She's great in every role. That's what Johnny Gargano said. Ooh. <laughs> I, I didn't know a better uh, uh, reaction. Anyway. Um, I was trying to remember, cause I mentioned, uh, I said, Asian for Mia Yim, and I believe she's Filipino. Uh, Which is still part of the Asian continent. It's still part of the Asian, but I do think it it's uh, worth being a little bit more specific. Uh, that Io that Io is Japanese, Japanese, Filipino, I believe Filipino. Um, and white girl, we don't really know where she's from. Korean. Nope. She. I. I want to correct. Korean. 
she's Korean. Her father's African American and her mother is Korean. So, so I want to make sure that I am correct on that and correctly attributing um, which nationality she's from. Um, so, there you okay, go. on to your challenge. In honor of Conan, I'm going to give you um, three life crew. <laughs> Okay, three live. So you got Ron Killings, you've got Conan, and you've got, um, I can't remember who the third member was. Well, that's what I couldn't quite remember because, um, oh, BG James. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, that, I made that way too easy then. Yeah, yeah that's, that's way too easy. Um, so, um, it's, it's actually not too easy uh, because it's easy for one thing. Uh, I am nullifying B- uh, and this is nothing against BG James uh, it's already out he's already out number one uh, <coughs> but of those three uh, he's he's the one that goes right he's also had better characters yes um, the tougher thing is between Ron Killings and Conan that's really tough because you gotta think of Ron Killings as Ron Killings not as our truth true but I even liked him as Ron Killings. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> as our truth, he's he's a he's a comedic bit for most of his career. But he's also a national treasure. Is he the national treasure, or is Little Jimmy the the national treasure? Is our truth? No, it's it's totally our truth. <laughs> okay, go on. When when he came back, came out and said that uh, uh, Brock Lesnar was gonna take him to Sioux Falls City. Died. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm dead. <laughs> He's um, got exceptional, exceptional comedic. People learn a lot. But in honor of Conan, uh, Ron Killings gets vilified and Conan gets deified because Conan's the man. That's really what we've done this whole episode is, is deify him. Well, and he deserves it. He really does. So. Nothing against his buddy Disco, but. I mean, Disco was a great worker, but he was a worker. Like, <laughs> he had to be a worker. Dis- Disco did some phenomenal, and maybe someday we'll we'll dedicate an uh, an episode to Disco because there was there was a lot of stuff that Disco did that went underappreciated at its time. But for now, uh, yeah. So Disco can play a heel amongst the best of them. It still does <laughs> today. Can to this day he does even on Twitter. So, so yeah. But so on that note, um, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, Like I said earlier, if you haven't already subscribed, make sure to subscribe to this so you get every episode delivered straight to you. Make sure to like it and share it on social media so other people get to hear it as well. Tell your friends about it. You can go to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars, just like Hulk Hogan rating the food at Pasta Mania. Come on, no love for my Pasta Mania joke. I worked hard on that. Um, Sorry, I had I had myself on self on mute. I was <laughs> laughing. I just I couldn't find the mute button. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I but, wonder if Pasta Mania is any good. What? I don't know. I don't know if it's even still around anywhere. I doubt it. If I take that uh, time machine that I gave you earlier, we'll go back to to Mall of America and try some Pasta Mania sometime. Oh Lord. Um, but. <sighs> Um, you can always follow us on Twitter. I am at Raw and Order WBU, and DA Fabe is at DA Vincent K Fabe. Yeah, but always, um, always will be. Um, if you're uh, not sure where to find us, or uh, talking to someone else and want to show them where to find us, 
You can go to anchor.fm slash raw and order WBU. You can see us there, and it's going to list almost all the sites that you can find us on. Or you can just Google Raw and Order WBU. Uh, you'll find us there. But while you're on our anchor.fm website there, you can actually uh, leave us a voice message uh, that we'll use on our show. And you can click a little button to, to give us some support. Uh, throw us a dollar a month, you know, just to help us. Uh, make this show better and continue to do this for you. Uh, but on that note, we will uh, close the book on this episode. We will be back later this week with, well, technically early next week, I should say, with uh, the next edition of the WBU. Thanks for listening. At which point, we really kind of hope we'll have a little more answers to where the storylines are going, but kind of enjoying some of the storylines that are set up right now. You know, uh, Raw was a lot better than than it's been in a while. Uh, featured a lot less uh, Rusev Lana stupid stuff. Uh, had a had a a match with Lana versus Liv Morgan that went exactly as it should go, with Liv Morgan basically destroying Lana. Um, Which, by the, the way, in their in their relationship is not the first time that's happened. Oh. Um, Sorry, I played along storyline there. <laughs> ended uh, the episode with one of the best endings I've seen on Raw in a long time. Um, that literally left an entire arena speechless as they watched Randy Keith Orton destroy the just returned from three vertebrae fusion surgery edge. Yeah, well, just returned, but not... He didn't just have the surgery. That was nine years ago, but... Doesn't matter how long ago the surgery was. The surgery what's kept him out of the ring, and so... And then he did a concerto, his own move to him. So, um, glad to know that Randy Orton is a safe worker. Um, but yeah, certainly did cringe a little bit. There was a couple times I cringed in the Rumble, too. Yeah, well, I mean, the simple fact is, as... As safe of a move as the spear is for, for a neck, it's about as safe as you can get for a neck uh, move, basically. It's still leading with your head as you dive at another person's body, you know? Correct. And and hitting bones directly, like, right by the vertebrae that were just so... So, uh, but yeah, and, you know, and we do know that Edge's deal with uh, WWE is for a very limited number of matches a year um, and a slightly larger but still very limited number of appearances on TV a year. So um, this angle is, I am sure, uh, really designed to uh, allow him to be off screen for another month or so before the buildup to WrestleMania. You know, oh, we may even get a a promo from Beth regarding it. I, that that would be kind of cool. Um, quite possibly. What's that? I said quite possibly. You know, although Beth, Beth is dealing with her own injury. Yeah, well, she didn't get a concerto. She did not, but she was bloody. I thought I sincerely I was like I don't remember her hair being dyed when she came out. <laughs> yeah, well that's I didn't notice it on her at first. I only noticed it a little bit later when um, I noticed uh, Charlotte 
had blood on her face. And I was like, when did Charlotte get bloody? But then I realized it wasn't Charlotte's blood. It, like, it wasn't coming from her nose or from a cut. So I'm like, where's the blood? And then I saw the back of Beth's head. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, that was, that was, I since I was like, I, I, oh, I like what she's done with her hair. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where did this come from? What is so, an interesting choice to put a splotch of red in the back. That's a, oh, and, wait. And no. mid-match? How, how incredible <laughs> is that? But, so. <laughs> but anyways, like I said, we will be back with the WBU later, and uh, uh, we'll talk all about this week in wrestling. Thanks for listening. Yeah.